Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You found the place to escape from reality. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show, Golden Age of Radio Tribute. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. After this golden age of radio production, please visit our website, RileyandKimmy.com, for other golden age of radio tributes. Also on our website, daily podcasts that include conversation about nostalgia and retro topics with trivia. Please like our Facebook page and share with your friends. Our daily podcasts are available via iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on our website and Facebook pages. Unsolved Mysteries Out of deference to persons who may still be living, character names in some of these unsolved mysteries have been changed. In several of these unsolved mysteries, The police have been faced with the problem of a murderer who could gain access to a room locked and bolted on the inside, and then his crime committed, leave that same room locked and bolted behind him. There was one man to whom these phenomena presented no problem. Harry Houdini, the master magician of all time. And tonight's unsolved mystery is his famous challenge to death. The scene is the outskirts of Liverpool, England. At the home of Mr. Henderson, a group of guests are assembled to meet Mr. Harry Houdini. And among the guests is a Scotland Yard detective inspector who has been working on England's latest unsolved crime. The guests have finished dinner. The men are in the smoking room enjoying cigars and coffee as their hostess, Mrs. Henderson, precedes the ladies into the smoking room. I know you gentlemen haven't finished your coffee, but the rest of us are really awfully anxious to hear Mr. Houdini. We're delighted, of course. Yes, my dear. Well, the inspector was in the middle of telling us about uh, Scotland Yard's latest. Oh, by all means, let's hear that, too. Well, the thing is really baffling. Here we find a house, doors all bolted and locked, windows barred, and everything tight. The milk hasn't been picked up off the front porch for three days. That makes us investigate. Yes? We break open the door, find an elderly woman lying before the hearth, dead, murdered. Meal for two set on the table, and eight witnesses who swear that no one entered or left that house with or without the old woman. But are your witnesses reliable? How can you be certain that no one entered? You don't know the old lady's neighbors. They see everything. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose, though, that you, Mr. Houdini, don't see anything difficult about the locked and bolted doors. Since you're in the habit of getting out of our police handcuffs and our jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> I am not quite as bad as you make me out to be. After all, I make no secret of the fact that I get out of handcuffs and cells and locked safes 
and all the rest of it by trickery and sleight of hand. But couldn't a murderer who murdered the old woman have done the same thing? I mean, used the same sort of trickery to get out of the room and house? But what Mr. Houdini means is that the equipment he uses is all specially prepared. But I saw Mr. Houdini myself locked in a steel vault on the stage. And it wasn't a faked vault because the manufacturers were there and testified that it was a genuine safe. And yet you got out of that, Mr. Houdini? But it was trickery just the same. You see, the safe had to be brought onto the stage before the performance started. Yes, of course. What about it? Uh, Well, before a curtain went up, I had removed the strong steel springs and substituted weak soft springs in their place. And so, opening the safe was simple. I replaced the original steel springs, of course, uh, before the safe was returned to the manufacturers. Simple as that, eh? Oh, yes, Inspector. Uh, That trick is simplicity itself. And yet there are people who insist that you must be a spiritualist capable of... Oh, shall we say, disembodying yourself? These people who make these claims are fake spiritualists. They're just furious at me because I expose their trickery. But, uh, Yes, Mr. Houdini, but what? I have determined to do a trick. One in which I shall not use a trick box or a trick rope, and I shall do it underwater. Listen, I shall be placed in an ordinary packing case. It may be examined by experts while it is being manufactured so that there can be no trickery. Go on. Then, when I am placed inside, the lid, consisting of three pieces, will be nailed in place. Yes, we follow. Then the box, or the case, will be roped, lifted on a tackle to the deck of a tugboat, moved out to the middle of the harbor, and lowered into the water. But, Mr. Houdin... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I can see every move. In one, two, two minutes and eight seconds... The box will be raised to the surface. And the world will have lost the greatest magician of the age. You, Mr. Houdini, will be drowned. No, sir. I I shall be seated on the lid of the steel-nailed and rope box. Oh, you'll be drowned. You'll be drowned. I shall not be drowned. And if I am, it will prove... Prove what? Uh, Never mind that at present. Tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow forenoon. What do you mean, tomorrow forenoon? I shall do this new trick tomorrow forenoon at the docks. In the mouth of the Mersey River. I shall call it... Let me see. Ah, ah, I have it. Harry Houdini in the challenge to death. (laughs) Not only was Harry Houdini the master of magicians, but also he was a master showman. The morning's papers carried the story of his challenge to death. The police tried to interfere on the grounds that he was endangering his life, but arrangements went ahead, and at five minutes to twelve on the crowded and noisy waterfront... The tugboat Elsie whistled that she was ready for her part of the experiment. The tug's all ready, Mr. Houdini. And everything is ready here? Yes, sir, we're all ready. Then, uh, then I suppose I'd better get inside of the box. Oh, I wish you wouldn't, Mr. Houdini. I, I'm afraid. Oh, but no, no, no. Do not be afraid. Well, I'm just as afraid, Mr. Houdini. Now, 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 now. I am depending on you to see that everything is done properly. Harry Houdini steps into the wooden packing case. Two burly carpenters step forward. Place the three plank lid in place and nail the lid down. With every blow of the hammer, those of the waiting crowd feel their hearts beat faster. The rope, a stout one-inch rope, is tied about the packing case. The hook of the hoisting line is slipped about the rope. And at a signal, the derrick hoists the packing case and its human cargo over the edge of the dock. Hoist away there! Oh, my, I couldn't sleep all night. 30 seconds. Time seems to be standing still. He must have been down long enough to get out. He hasn't had time to do anything yet. One minute. I think we'd better hoist the packing case. Yes, we should never have let him do this. 
Yeah. You can't do that. I have my orders, Mr. Houdini. Listen, you can't let him drown after all. He's a Are they going to hoist him up now? No, not yet. One minute and thirty seconds. Oh, this is awful. It's quite like attending an execution. Yes, only worse. What if the packing case should slip off the hook and go to the bottom? Yes. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And if it's already done that and landed upside down. Two minutes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hoist away! The dripping case is hoisted out of the water, and there, seated on the lid, holding to the rope, is Harry Houdini. The tugboat moves to the wharf. The packing case is examined and found nailed in place. Once again, Harry Houdini has been successful. In just a moment, you will hear the solution to the mystery of Harry Houdini's trick, the challenge to death. Ladies and gentlemen, inasmuch as any solution must of necessity be supposition, liberties of time, place, and character have been taken in the solution for which you have been waiting. The scene is once again Mr. Henderson's home in Liverpool, England. Mr. Harry Houdini is explaining his most famous and spectacular trick, the challenge to death. Well, of course, Mr. Houdini, we all saw the trick performed, but even now it, it still seems impossible. As the inspector said yesterday, once a thing is explained, it is simplicity itself. You see... I know much from study that the audience reaction is of two widely different qualities. How is that, Mr. Houdini? To begin with, when the trick, any trick, is commenced, the attention is all directed toward the article employed. The box is examined to see that it is genuine, the rope to see that it is strong, and the nails to see that they are real. But, ah, and here is the great point. When the trick has succeeded, the audience has eyes only for the performer of the trick. But even then, I still don't see it. I am explaining to you now the process of thought that precedes the working out of the details. Knowing that the audience will watch me once the trick is over. I, in turn, know that if I remove myself from the vicinity of the packing case while it is being brought ashore, no one will pay the slightest attention to it. They are all too busy seeing that I, personally, am not up to any more tricks. They ignore my assistance who are guarding the packing case. But that doesn't explain how you got out. Getting out of the case? <laughs> ah, that was easy. It was getting the lid back ready for inspection. That was the chief worry. You see, when I stepped into the packing case, I carried with me a very small but very powerful pair of nail cutters, thin enough to slip between the lid and the case. And as soon as the nails were driven home by the carpenters, I cut them between the lid and the box. As soon as the packing case was submerged, I slipped the three boards of the lid to one side and clambered out. Then I replaced the three boards and sat on them to hold them securely in place. When the box was hoisted to the deck of the tugboat, I left my assistants to remove the cut nails and replace them with the same type of nail. All this they did hidden behind the canvas covering on the ship's rail while the crowd was watching me at the stern of the boat. And if you got out as easily and as quickly as that, why did you keep us in suspense? My friend, for that very reason, to keep you in suspense. Else, there would be no reason for my calling the trick the challenge to death. Mr. Houdini, you said something yesterday, that if you were drowned, it would prove something. I did. It would have proved for all time that I was not a spiritualist using my astral body to perform disappearance tricks. Gentlemen, in this cathedral-like atmosphere tonight, I wish to remind you 
that this is a most solemn occasion for the close friends that have gathered here. That the zero hour of the 10th anniversary of our departed friend is fast nearing the end. And that the results of tonight are primarily of a personal and private nature only. No attempt is being made to sway the world or to convince the skeptics one way or the other. This is a personal gathering aiding Mrs. Houdini in completing her 10-year vigil and to aid Mrs. Houdini and ourselves to a final and logical conclusion. Nor is it expected or intended that others must necessarily agree. But this last personal attempt to contact the spirit of Houdini has aroused interest throughout the world, and to that extent will the findings here tonight be publicly recorded. We wish it distinctly understood that in this last and final attempt, we are interested in Houdini coming to us instead of to a stranger. Should Houdini contact a stranger anywhere in the world tonight, we know that Houdini will leave proper identification. On behalf of Mrs. Harry Houdini, I wish to thank all members of the press, both local and worldwide, the various national magazines, and the hundreds of individuals throughout the world that have aided. I wish to thank the sincere friends in the four corners of the United States, Canada, and Europe in the forming of some 20 or more simultaneous seances coinciding with our final attempt here in Hollywood. I wish to thank the several hundred friends, trained observers, and several dozen renowned psychics and mediums that are present with us here tonight, and especially the past president of the California State Spiritualist Association present here tonight, whose kindly advice has been of great value. Every facility has been provided tonight that might aid in opening a pathway to the spirit world. Here in the inner circle reposes a medium's trumpet, a pair of slates with chalk, a writing tablet and pencil, a small bell, and in the center reposes a huge pair of silver handcuffs on a silk cushion. Facing the inner circle stands the famous Houdini Shrine with its doors ajar. The world knows that the Houdinis were always open-minded regarding spirit communication. Houdini sought to communicate with his beloved mother after she passed on, but he found no evidence that he could rely upon. The Houdinis always believed that in their search, if you remove the fraud, what is left must be the truth. And they together were always seekers after truth. Before Houdini's death, the Houdinis made a compact that the first to go 
would try to contact a survivor. Houdini had promised to deliver a message in code to his wife, also to open the silver handcuffs and other signs if he should pass over first. It so happens that Mrs. Houdini survives, and she made it a sacred duty to carry out the terms of the compact. The first year found Mrs. Houdini every Sunday between the hours of 12 noon and 2 o'clock, locked up in the privacy of her own room, seated in front of Houdini's photograph, waiting for some sign of Houdini as prearranged in the compact. The truth regarding spirit communication was to Harry and Bessie Houdini a very sincere and profound question. During the following years, each anniversary of his death has been devoted to Houdini. During the last ten years, there have been times that Mrs. Houdini felt that surely Houdini was coming through, that her hopes of communication would be fulfilled. She was willing to believe, but the evidence did not stand up. At no time has Mrs. Houdini ever received a psychic communication from Houdini, nor has anything occurred anywhere in the world that would lead Mrs. Houdini to believe that Houdini was trying to come through. Yet hundreds of alleged psychics and mediums have written in and stated that Houdini has appeared to them in some form or other. In Chicago, they said he walked boldly into a room. In Kansas City, Houdini was said to have written a long letter to Mrs. Houdini. In Long Beach, Houdini was said to have hypnotized the medium and then delivered a message through her. In New Zealand, he drank a cup of tea. And in Santa Monica, he escaped from several pair of handcuffs by dematerializing his hands. These things may be. Surely it is not for Mrs. Houdini to decide. But we all believe, and many prominent psychics agree, that if Houdini has appeared all over the world in spirit form, under every kind of manifestation, and doing this many times every week, of every year of the last ten years, then we believe that the great Houdini will, on this last authentic seance, come to the little silver-haired widow, the little lady who for 33 years stood by the side of her beloved Harry, listening to the applause of kings and emperors and the world at large. A few days before his death in Detroit, Houdini, in a most strong and firm reminder, again said, Best darling, I'll come back to you if it is possible, even if I have to go through hell to do it. That was Houdini talking. Houdini was an editor of the old New York world. He was an honorary lieutenant of police and instructed a class of detectives and officers of the police force regularly in New York City. He was the author of many books, a writer of many magazine articles, a publisher of a national magazine. 
head of many magical organizations throughout the world, including societies in Berlin, London, and New York City, member of the exclusive Circumnavigators Club, the Masons, the Elks, and many others. He headed investigating committees that led him to appear on the floor of Congress at Washington, D.C. The Houdinis, Harry and Bessie, presented remarkable magic acts in the palaces of Europe and throughout the world. Houdini was working in secret with Thomas A. Edison on a delicate psychic detecting instrument and a process that would permit him to take flashlight photographs in the dark without the flash being visible. A thousand interests had Houdini besides his search and collecting of rare first editions to make his library on magic and occultism the largest private collection in the world, which led to the creating of the Houdini Room in the Congressional Library in Washington, D.C. today. Houdini spent much time in aeronautics, wrote authoritatively on the subject, and was one of the first 17 flyers of the world, owned his own plane, and was the first man to ever successfully fly an aeroplane in Australia, winning the aerial trophy in Melbourne, Australia, March 15, 1910. That, in brief, was the man, Houdini. He had safes and vaults in his home and vaults and banks that his lawyers had access to. But one secret now made public for the first time is the fact that Houdini had one safe deposit vault in a bank or trust company in the East under some family name other than Houdini and of which the secret location rested only in Houdini's brain. In this vault was kept highly secret papers and into which was always placed a certain glass case of jeweled metals and a diamond question mark pin with a rare pearl drop, a gift from Harry Keller to Houdini. The jewel box was always on display in the Houdini home, but prior to closing the house to go on a vaudeville tour, Houdini always placed this box in the secret vault. Many things were left untold because of the unexpected death of Houdini in Detroit. There is a law, a time limit. Madame Houdini has year by year awaited word that the federal government had located or opened the box long overdue. Perhaps the vault rent had been paid years in advance. However, this secret vault has never been located to this day. No medium or psychic has ever brought forth information from Houdini or the spirit world touching on or leading to its discovery. So if any circle tonight in any city or town in the world believes they are contacting Houdini, let them identify themselves by bringing forth this information regarding the secret vault. Tonight, we are in the very heart of glamorous Hollywood that Houdini loves so well. He lived here. He worked here. Houdini loved Hollywood. And Harry and Bessie Houdini celebrated their 25th 
there is silver wedding anniversary here, and all the great of Hollywood were present. And Houdini made a speech and said, you are all invited now to be at our 50th, our golden wedding ceremony. And Will Rogers got up and gave an impersonation and said, Houdini, I'll be here, but this is the way I'll be coming in. And he walked like an aged old man with a cane. Will Rogers is gone. Houdini is gone. Nearly two-thirds of that famous gathering is gone. But this is the kind of a night they all would have loved. Nothing could have kept them away. It's the Houdini night with the spotlight of the public on Houdini. With the whole world paused to see or hear Houdini step on this side of the curtain. Now let us bow our heads in meditation and prayer. O oh, thou master mind of the universe, please let the spirit of understanding descend upon us that are gathered here in the inner circle tonight. We are each in his own way seekers after truth. Please let thy spirit of understanding guide us and bring the light of truth to the many friends that have earnestly formed psychic circles and gatherings throughout the entire world. Aid us, guide us on this most important question to mankind, spirit communication from across the grave. We ask this universal understanding in all humbleness, and we offer our grateful thanks to thee Guide us, please. Amen. O oh, thou disembodied spirits, those of you that have grown old in the mysterious laws of spirit land, we greet thee. We have gathered here at the appointed time. We have complied with all the requirements to enable all of you to make your presence known. Members of the spirit world have long known of the intention of this important gathering tonight. All is in readiness. Please now, the time is at hand. Make yourself known to us. Any of you, please, manifest yourself in any way possible. Please let your united strength and knowledge aid Houdini in coming through. It is the spirit of Houdini we wish to contact. Houdini, are you here? Are you here, Houdini? Please manifest yourself in any way possible. Take from this earnest gathering any strength that may be necessary for you to use. Take any vital thing from us that you may need to enable you to carry out your promise of years ago. We have waited, Houdini, oh so long. Never have you been able to present the evidence you promised. And now, this is a night of nights. The world is listening. Harry, your world, your audience. And Bessie is here. Your Bessie, who was part of you for 33 years. She's here, Harry, pleading in her heart for a prearranged sign from you. It means so much to her. 
to all of us, to the world. Harry, we are all seekers after truth. Please manifest yourself by speaking through the trumpet. Lift it. Lift it. Speak through it. Speak. Speak, Harry. We are watching and waiting, Harry. Levitate the table. Move it. Lift the table. Move it. Wrap on it. Spell out a code, Harry. Please. Ring the bell. Let his tinkle be heard around the world. Do it, Harry. Please. Please, Houdini. We are waiting. Bessie is waiting. Oh, thou spirits. Your religion is based on love. And by that very token, a love of 33 years that have even entered into eternity, by that love I ask that you come through with the evidence. By the love of the little silver-haired widow, by the love and esteem of the countless friends, the evidence, Harry, and Houdini, Houdini, Dash, Dash is listening in, Dash, Hardeen, your brother, your brother has joined us with a circle. He is forming New York City, 3,000 miles away. He has joined with us to seek the truth. And the circle in Baltimore, Philadelphia is listening in. In Providence, in Chicago, Leonard, who was once a protege of yours. A circle in Portland, Maine, and in the faithful city of Detroit, in Victoria, Canada, Tacoma, Rockford, Oakland, and San Francisco, all over the world, all joining in. Come through, Harry. And Houdini, Colonel Harry Day, member of the British Parliament, has formed a circle in London, England. Colonel Day was your closest boyhood friend. Houdini, you must come through. And at the bottom of the world, Australia, the country where you made history, has joined in. We are crying to high heaven, to the powers that be. We are crying in one mighty magnetic voice from every corner of the earth. And the hearts and minds of the Muttletoos are centered here tonight. We want the evidence, the truth, in the name of humanity and love. If there is communication from the great beyond, come through with the evidence. Mrs. Houdini... The zero hour has passed. The ten years are up. Have you reached a decision? Yes. Houdini did not come through. My last hope is gone. I do not believe that Houdini can come back to me or to anyone. After faithfully following through the ten-year Houdini compact, using every type of medium and seance, it is now my personal and positive belief that spirit communication in any form is impossible. I do not believe that ghosts or spirits exist. The Houdini Shrine has burned for 10 years. I now reverently turn out the light. It is finished. Good night, Harry. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. 
We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y.com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.